he said it because of his wet blanket energy. <laughs> unhinged. Hello and welcome to She's All Batch. My name is Stephanie. And my name is Jackie. And we don't care if you're here for the right reasons because guess what? We're just happy you're here. We are just happy you're here. Right reasons, wrong reasons. I truly don't care. All the reasons are fine with me. So please join us as we talk shit about our favorite show. Okay, before we jump into this week's episode, which is a really, really good one, we wanted to remind you guys about merch. And if you use code FOTS, F-O-T-S, at checkout, you can get 15% off the entire site. So we'll put the link in the description for the merch store, but it's myfanthreads.com and under collections at She's All Batch. It's actually Ben Higgins Fotspa's company. So go check it out. Use code FOTS, 15% off. And one more announcement. Jackie, Mm -hmm. would you like to do the honors? So I don't know how much we can reveal right now, but guys, save the date. We have something very special happening here in New York on April 13th. How much more do we want to divulge? Can we tell them what it is? I don't know. Tell them what it is. We just, we could save the details for later though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So guys, we are doing a live show live in New York City. Woo! It's going to be a really fun event. We don't have all the details yet and we'll let you guys know as we know, but me and Stephanie are going to be there. We're podcasting live and we're going to do a Q&A, a meet and greet. There'll be wine. There'll be cheese. I think those are all the amazing things. All my favorite things. Me, Stephanie, wine, cheese. What? Amazing. It's going to be a good time. So Fots Fest 2.0 is what we're mm-hmm. actually calling it. It's going to be a major upgrade from last year because it's yeah. being held at an actual... What is it? Sound Lounge? Yeah, it's called Sound Lounge. Um, you guys can Google where that is in the city. It's just a venue where they have like recordings and stuff so they can set us up in a nice area. We can get a good recording. There's going to be limited entries, so you better be one of them, Biatch. And we wanted to give you guys a heads up on the date because in case you wanted to plan ahead. So mm-hmm. 4.13, 7 p.m., New York City. See you there. Yeah, be there or be square. Um, we'll give you guys more details about getting tickets as it gets closer. All right, guys, let's creep. Okay, God. So we have updates on couples that we've been talking about for quite some time. First and foremost, we have Caitlin Bristow. You guys have probably seen that she's taken to her Instagram and shared a photo with Jason for the first time in a really long while. And this is what she said in the caption. Happy couples aren't just the ones posting kissing selfies. They're the ones having uncomfortable conversations, helping each other overcome trauma, and ugly crying to save their relationship. Happy couples prioritize growth and are a source of inspiration for others. And apparently that's a quote by Vex King. Happiness looks different for everyone. It also isn't easy. So she's directly addressing the rumors that they are on the rocks. Mm -hmm. Thoughts? My thoughts are, well, I have a few things. One, it's giving, you know how they always say like the longer the caption, the worse the relationship is. And it's giving that. It's giving like six paragraphs of like an anniversary with the toxic ex being like through our ups and downs. But like if you have to say through our ups and downs, like you should break up or something. Also too, I think people will always, especially in like a public situation like this, are always not gonna say how truly bad it is. So if she's saying that like, it has been really difficult and we have been working through trauma and it's not always easy. It makes me think it's actually like five times worse because if things were just like a little rocky, like all relationships can be at times, you would say, oh yeah, like we're good, right? Yeah, and to your point about the the caption, Chris Harrison once said to Rosalind Papa when he was confronting yeah. her about that, uh, her hooking up with the producer on Jake's season, he said, 
isn't the shortest answer the truth? Because she had this whole story about mm-hmm. how there's no way she hooked up with the producer. If you guys didn't see the season, you don't know what I'm referring to. But that kind of reminded me of that, like, this very lengthy, complicated caption. What about just, like, we're fine. Love them. Right. Like, if you feel like you have to defend something, you need to, then like, there's something to defend, you know? No, I don't want to be so nitpicky because I feel like we're kind of, we've beaten a dead horse with this story. And I feel like if this is her way of saying, like, back off, then, you know, I'm fine to back off. I re- mm-hmm. It's okay. But I've been really struggling to figure out how I feel about this story because on one hand, it feels a little gaslighty. Like, it's very much like, you're wrong, we're fine, because we prioritize growth and we do all these things. But you're also then in the same sentence saying that you've been ugly crying to save your relationship. If you're ugly crying to save your relationship, I wonder, is it worth it? There are people, we so I put this post in our She's All Batch Facebook group, go join if you haven't yet, and just asked everyone's opinion because I, I like I said, was unsure of how I felt on the situation. And some people were made good points that like, before kids, before a lot of mm-hmm. things in life, should it be this hard? And if it yeah. is this hard, is it the right person? Totally. I agree with that. Not to say you can't have hardships, though, because, like, I don't want to say that, like, everyone's relationship is, like, smooth sailing all the time. But I, I, I don't know. I think when it's that hard before marriage, you have to question if it's worth it. Absolutely. I also feel mixed about it, too, because then also on the other hand, I appreciate Caitlin being transparent because I think a lot of people don't share when they're having troubles Mm -hmm. in the relationships. And that's clearly a thing that's way more common than people are willing to admit. So, yeah, I don't know if I should just like appreciate the transparency like she's being real. It's not always easy. Or if her saying this is just like seven steps below what it actually is and being defensive. Right, because I don't know if she realizes by what she said, she's revealing that they've been struggling. So she's admitting that the people are right to be concerned in a sense. But I don't know. So Jason also posted on his feed for the first time in a while. And he just, it's a photo of them in front of the ocean. He writes, guac, salsa, or skinny dip. Clearly phoned the fiance for this caption. He's taking the completely different approach. Yeah. Yeah. I like that's that better. So, it's so weird because, like, I don't know where I stand. On one hand, you're completely avoiding the elephant in the room. And on the other hand, it's like, well, that's too lengthy. That's too much. So I don't really have an opinion here. I think it's just if you want people to stop speculating, maybe just I – don't, I don't know. Like, I don't even know what I would suggest. I just think – Yeah, but I think also, too, like – I like Jason's approach because had Jason and Caitlin both just like kept on their merry way, ignored whatever rumors about them having hardships and just like post about each other when they want to post and do things together, it would eventually die down if there was no substance to what people were saying. You know what I mean? So on one hand, I actually, I like Jason's approach better, but the fact that that wasn't also Caitlin's approach means that we were onto something. Well, since this is our creep segment, I kind of dug up an old interview with Sean Booth where he touched on staying in the relationship with Caitlyn and kind of going through the whole facade. So a quote from Sean from the Austin AF podcast in 2021. We had a fun time. We were good at having fun and showing the world that we had fun, being in love and doing the whole love thing. We weren't good at that behind closed doors thing. We would have to post stuff just to like make it seem like everything was still good and we're still happy. Now I don't trust anything on social media. It's a whole different ballgame with that. You do have brand deals. And that's why I look at relationships from The Bachelor and I'm like, are they actually happy? And that's coming from someone that literally went through that with her. Another thing I dug up when looking into this, Caitlin talked about wedding planning in August 2022. She said, I'm so not traditional that I'm like, why can't we go to the courthouse? Because I would. He's not down. 
Jason and I are so funny. Like if we talk about a venue, we actually have such different styles, different tastes, different everything. It's almost frustrating because I'll be like, I'm in love with this venue and it's perfect and it's open. And he'll be like, oh no, that's no, that's not the style we're going for at all. Is Jason a bridezilla? <laughs> Maybe, but it does bring back the thing that you were saying of like, if it's this hard this early on, if you literally can't get aligned on something as what I think should be like really fun and really exciting and easy as like, what do we want our wedding venue to look like? Then maybe it's not right. If you have such differing opinions on your personal styles, like how are you going to decorate a house together if you always are disagreeing on, like, I don't know. It just, to me, those seems like such trivial things to have such jarring disagreements on. So maybe it's just not right. And again, we don't know what happens behind closed doors, but I think this gives fans a little more of an insight into like, maybe things have been a little rocky, but if this is how they want to power through and maybe work through things, then hopefully they make it out the other side, get some gel blaster guns and call it a day. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Speaking of gel blaster guns and speaking of couples that we have been questioning, this is all like they're just delivering and giving us this information. So Because they Jade, listened and they saw we were questioning. They're like, we must respond to She's All Batch. Yeah. So Jade went on the Almost Famous podcast and our boy Fatspa flat out asks her if she's still happily married. So this can't just be us. This no, it's not just us. And the fact that, like, the answer was not immediately just, like, yes. Well, let's play the clip before we dive into, like, okay. specifically what she said. But you don't go ahead and ask someone who's in a seven-year marriage if they're happily married unless there's some kind of reason. So Totally. Thoughts but going for the hard questions. That's, like, a she's all batch level question. Mm -hmm. So I'm proud of you for that one. Here is what Jade said. Uh, so you are married to Tanner. Still happily Question mark? Seven, seven years. Happily married. You know what? I will say, I'm like an honest person too. Marriage is hard. Mm -hmm. And we've definitely had ebbs and flows. There's been hard years. And I think last year was a hard year for us. And But I feel like we've kind of, we hit a reset. And so things have been really smooth as of like, I want to say like November, December. But there was some hard stuff we went through last year. Like, job changes that were really hard. I switched agencies, which was really hard for me um, and because of like personal reasons. And um, I questioned a lot of like my identity. And I mm. think that I just was kind of searching for that. And Tanner, he really went on like his own growth journey with some stuff that he was going through with his family. And sometimes when you're like going through that stuff, you may like make mistakes or do like have reactions that aren't necessarily healthy because they're coming from a hurt place. And so for us, I think it was just coming to the point of like, if you're still in this willing to grow and I'm willing to grow, then like, that's all you can ask for. Right. So I think it was kind of like, as long as we're still growing and you're going to start, you know, you have your stuff you want to heal on. And I have my stuff I'm going to heal on. We're going to give each other compassion through this. And I think that's kind of what got us through it. Um, but therapy, mm. <laughs> uh, therapy helps. Um, Couples therapy or individual therapy or both? Individual. individual. I think um, we eventually would do couples therapy just because I think therapy is so healthy, but we did more individual. And I think that that this like past year hitting year six in our marriage, it was just, it was just something that we both were kind of going through individually. Mm. And, and so it was hard to understand each other and how to show up for each other. Um, 
but the individual therapy, we would come back to each other and share. And we learned things about each other um, that we never knew. And I think it, there was so much deeper understanding about each other and how to kind of heal together. Whew, that was a long one. If the answer is not just yes, period, I think the answer <laughs> is no. the shortest answer? The se- what is it? Isn't the... What is, I don't know. You, you said it. I know. But I don't the know shortest answer is the... S- simplest the most correct isn't the right the, answer what did i the, just fucking say isn't the shortest okay so it's not a quote i don't fucking know what he said but basically yes that's a very lengthy answer yeah i get that she's shedding light on very legitimate real issues that all couples go through at some point but then this vagueness of like oh when you're not in the right place you make mistakes and you say things in a certain way it's just like it's giving nasty fights it's giving what are these mistakes that you are like i don't know i just the short answer should just be yes. And if it has to be like a 16-hour explanation, then it's probably no, which doesn't mean you can't work through an unhappy period and then become happy again. But we weren't crazy to suspect that there was something going on there, more than happy marital bliss. I'm surprised that she's shedding light on it. I appreciate her being transparent like Caitlin, though. And Mm -hmm. I think they're two different situations because Jade and Tanner are married for seven years and have three kids. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's a little bit of a different beast here, but if this therapy is working for them and they're doing things like gel blaster guns, doing all things to really better their relationship, then I have faith. I feel good. I just like that we're getting answers to these questions that we've been asking for a few weeks. And now we can like close this chapter until next time, you know? Yeah, until they need to whip out the gel blaster guns again. And then we'll be suspicious that there's another issue. Dust the book off and read another excerpt. But until then, I think we should say Caitlin and Jason are working through their issues. Jade and Tanner are seemingly, they've reset their relationship so they're in a better place. And we support it. Okay, moving on. So as you guys know, there are a ton of Bachelor books out there. Courtney Robertson has one, Amanda Stanton, Emily Maynard, Andy Dorfman, Hannah Brown. The list goes on and on, and it can be really hard to keep up with all of them. But lucky for you guys, Jackie and I have you covered this week because our most recent Patreon episode is all about the salacious stories that we were able to dig up from these books. So because we love you guys so much, we're sharing a clip from the Patreon episode right now. So enjoy this crazy ass story from Amanda Stanton's book. So in Amanda's book, she reveals something that didn't play out on cameras, and it's super, super cringy. So on TV, we see Amanda and Josh go to the fantasy suite. What we didn't see is that Josh flew his mom out to the fantasy suite date to meet Amanda because he like was wanted to propose to her. So this is what Amanda writes in the book. Another thing the public never got to see was Josh's mom who visited us at our fantasy suite. Awkward? You bet. You want to be ready to meet your boyfriend's family, not meet them unexpectedly from the bed of your fantasy suite. From the bed? Like you didn't even get out of bed? She walks in and you're like... She has like tousled hair. She's like, oh my God, hey. Yeah. It turned out Josh planned this with producers and no one thought to clue me in. Oh my God. Apparently he felt he couldn't propose to me until he saw how I interacted with his mom. So he begged producers to fly her out. The fact that we were all meeting at the fantasy suite, an intimate location where he and I just spent the night together, felt more than just a little inappropriate. And the fact that you didn't leave the bed makes it a little bit worse too. That's so awkward. I wish I would have seen that though. I I guess that breaks fantasy suite rules that they can't show us stuff. Well, that's we in find the out why suite. we. She also reveals why we didn't. She reveals why we didn't see. Okay. It. 
So she writes, when the show began to air, Josh wasn't making a favorable impression on viewers. His mom got worried because she didn't want to look bad in her TV appearance. She demanded approval of the footage before it aired. I saw it and thought it looked like a sweet scene, just us girls talking, but apparently the mom wasn't having it, so. And they let her just cut it? Right. Like, like why does Josh's mom have, have power over... Yeah, like, since when do they care about exploiting a family? The only thing I can think is maybe, like, Josh was such an important person on that season. Like, mm-hmm. he's one of the engaged couples. Yeah. He's the biggest drama. Like, his, if Josh is gone, they don't have a show. So maybe they were like, all right, it's not the worst case to, like, mm-hmm. not air this mom footage. Yeah, probably. You know? Again, another example of certain people getting favorable protection versus others. Yeah. Amanda also goes into, in her book, like, post-show how controlling Josh really was. She doesn't go into it as much as Andy does. Andy's literal whole book is about Mm -hmm. how controlling Josh was. But here's some juicy stuff she said about Josh. I knew Josh was kind of controlling when we were filming, but the second we got home from the show, he went full throttles. He would give me a hard time when I wanted to talk to my close friends. I would even have to wait for him to go to the gym so I could call my best friend, Lauren Bushnell, or even my mom. That is such classic narcissist behavior like to not even let her talk to her mom to isolate her from literally any sort of support it's scary honestly no it really is scary and what's even creepier is that andy says very similar things Mm -hmm. she goes on and says he didn't approve of my childhood friends or neighbors he used to pressure me to unfollow certain people on social media sorry nick vial told me what i could and couldn't wear when I caught him peeking beneath the bathroom door to make sure i wasn't texting anyone i finally had enough from this experience So how's that for a fun little teaser for you? If you want to hear the full Bachelor Books episode, head over to patreon.com slash she's all batch and enjoy. Moving on. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. So whether it's your job, friends, family, or just honestly the day-to-day stress of trying to balance too many things at once, therapy is a great way to help you see your feelings and problems from a different perspective and provide insight on how these feelings are affecting your day-to-day life. Therapy is all about deepening your self-awareness and understanding because sometimes we don't know what we want or why we're reacting the way we do until we talk through things with a therapist. I'm such a big advocate for therapy. You guys know this already. So if you think that you could benefit from this, definitely check out BetterHelp. And our guest this week is Clayton Eckerd, and he talks all about Mm -hmm. his mental health journey and how therapy has helped him post-show. And I think the problem is trying to find a therapist is really an overwhelming experience. You know, Clayton got one from ABC, which we talk about in the interview, but not everyone has access to therapy. So if you're struggling, that added stress of finding a therapist is the last thing you need. So enter BetterHelp to save the day. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take on that journey of self-discovery from wherever you are. And getting started has never been easier. As the world's largest therapy platform, BetterHelp matches you with a professional licensed therapist after filling out a brief questionnaire where you could schedule your very first session on the phone, via video chat, or wherever you're comfortable. There's also a chat option where you can message your therapist, which I've done, and gotten timely responses from mine. So I appreciate that like connection, even when you're not having your actual session. No, totally. That's so important. So if you guys are thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and it's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So it's really easy to get started. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And it's really easy to switch therapists if you're not vibing. It's, you know, it's such a personal situation and that's for no additional charge. So discover your potential with BetterHelp. 
Visit betterhelp.com slash she's all batch today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H E L P.com slash she's all batch. All right, it is time to recap episode five, and we can't do that alone. We need to bring in a ringer. So we are bringing in the one and only Morgan, host of Morgan's Pop Talks podcast. Thank you for returning to She's All Batch. Happy to be here. It's always a pleasure. And what an episode that we have to recap because some shocking twists. Shocking twists indeed. Definitely some shocking twists. I will say I think the second half of the episode was much more interesting than the first half. I need to be perfectly honest. I had to pause and be like, I will revisit this later (laughs) and then watch it in two parts because the first part as much as I like loved seeing London and it was fun it kind of dragged and I'm just like I don't know why I'm feeling this way were you feeling that way too yeah I feel like all the one-on-one dates drag a little bit Mm -hmm. and Gabby's yeah long they did a lot they did you know the perfume thing yeah dog thing and then they went to the night portion so I also fast forwarded through a lot of that one-on-one I mean no shade to anybody but I found the girls I found the girls day trip to be a lot more interesting than any Zach and Gabby dates that we saw yeah that was definitely fun to watch. Bottom line, they are uh, filming a TV show. So whether or not their lead is available, they still have to fill this time slot. So I think that was very apparent this episode between the filler content, twerking on the, um, what's it, like the London guard? <laughs> on yeah. the, oh, I know. I literally wrote down, oh my God, this poor guard. Because I felt <laughs> bad for him. I'm like, that must be so hard. To, so that, Do we think I'm it sure? was a real guard or an actor though? I don't know, but I know people do this to actual guards and and they really don't break. And I don't understand how that's possible to have a human twerking in your face and to like not have any reaction whatsoever. Poor man's just trying to do his his royal duty. He did a great job. (laughs) <laughs> did a great job uh well so before we get to gabby's date greer kind of gets set up once again for a big letdown this is two episodes in a row now she points out that because she has a tattoo of tea on her arm that therefore she was obviously deserving of the date in <laughs> london she did not invent tea i don't know why she thinks she is the sole owner of all things tea but that made her extra bitter that the date went to gabby I know. I thought it was funny when she was like, and what really put me over the edge was tea with corgis. Like literally not spending time with Zach or anything else that is part of the one-on-one, like getting to know him better, sharing things. It was like tea, corgis in London. Yeah. I really. <laughs> I heard some things from previous contestants that say, Producers will be in your ear saying things like, oh, this should have been your date. I have heard one person in particular who did pageants in the past and, you know, that um, queen date, you know, anytime that there's like the Mm -hmm. dress up date where you're trying on all these dresses. She was telling me, like, they're in my ear, like, you're the pageant queen. You should be the one on this date, yada, yada, yada. So I have a feeling that the producer saw that Greer was starting to spiral and then probably was like, wait, don't you have a tattoo of a teacup on your (laughs) wrist? Like, shouldn't you? you, Yeah, shouldn't you be on this date? And Greer just fell for it, hook, line, sinker. I literally said that on our recap last week. We had uh, Charlene and Andy from Dear Shandy on, and I said that when she broke down crying over who got the one on one date last week but she broke down crying over it i was like they definitely pulled her aside before and was like i just know this one's going to you it's your day girl you get all excited like they know what they're doing and 
the fact that they were able to do it two episodes in a row, like, I mean, hats off to you guys, but. <laughs> I know, seriously. <gasps> Poor Greer. I know, I feel bad for her. I think she really had her sights set very high because she got the first impression rose. And ever since that, it's literally all been downhill. I don't mm-hmm. think she ever talked to Zach ever again. Well, she did until in this Zoom, but you know what I mean. We haven't seen anything significant. Right. Except now we know she loves tea. I'm sure she's mm-hmm. going to do some kind of like tea sponsorship, like fit tummy tea. Should probably I was be like, hitting I hope her it's up. Not fit tummy tea. <laughs> I know. Like, maybe just like a fancy Earl Grey or yes. something. She needs like a nice little chamomile lavender mix and mm. just, you know, a night of relaxation after this episode. It was a little rough. But we only see Zach on an actual date with Gabby because he gets sick. And then we later find out that he has COVID, which the girls take personally. (laughs) Yeah, that was such a strange reaction, wasn't it? You know, they get the little date card and everyone's like, how dare he? Like, they thought he was making it up. I have I love like good conspiracy theories. I never really take reality TV at face value because, you know, Zach is not writing out those date cards. You know, he's not giving them to somebody to give to the girl. So at first I thought that the women probably were like, is this a producer setup where like really there was no date plan and they're just trying to get some dramatic moment. But then obviously as the day progresses and we find out later that he has COVID, they kind of quickly changed their tune once they're like, oh, he actually is really sick. I don't, but what did they think it was? Like, did they think he was just like, because they really compared it to being stood up yes. as if this was literally a choice by him to not be feeling well, even before they knew that he had COVID. Did they think that he was just like, ow, ooh, my head, <laughs> like skipping the date, guys, bye. Like, I don't know how they could, um, unless it was literally faked by producers, like you said, but um, yeah, I don't know. I saw a tweet that was hilarious that it was like Zach writing out the date card, but it's actually a Zoom invite. And it's like, Gabby, come meet me in this chat room. <laughs> That's funny. Speaking of the Zoom, though, of it all. Yes. I don't know about you guys, but I found the majority of the Zoom cocktail party to be incredibly boring to watch. And I just don't understand why we couldn't just wait till Zach was feeling better. I, I like truly irks me. I'm like, really? We like had to do this now? We must eliminate someone? Yeah, that would have been ideal. I think the episode would have been a lot better if we like didn't have to watch people literally on a Zoom call. But yeah, they're a business and they have everything mapped out. And they're like, we can't lose five days of footage. We need to keep the show going. If it means twerking on guards, it means twerking on guards. I feel like it's more and more apparent. And I know, Jackie, you share the same sentiments that these episodes do not need to be two hours long because there's so many parts that you just fast forward. I mean, I... I liked to see a little bit of the one-on-one day and then I'm like, oh, I'm so bored. I can't handle it. Like uh, they all say the same thing. We're forming this connection. I can't wait to see where it goes. I really could see a future with it. And it's like, we know we've seen you say that for the past five episodes with other women. So especially when something like this happened, granted, they've never had this issue before where they had to pretty much cancel a whole week, but like make it an hour and make it count. Don't have any of this stupid filler that to me is just such a waste of the audience's attention and time. Totally. I feel like they could have been more creative with it. Like put Zach in his own like, room behind glass and then they have to talk Love to his him blind or like style. 
<laughs> oh yeah put zach in a pod and put someone else on the other side to talk like it didn't have to be zoom yeah we don't, we don't need any more um zoom happy hours i think we've all been like traumatized enough by that like put zach in the sky like zach's like in a little helicopter and he's like sky riding who he's sending home something well wait remember gabby's dad or something came with like the big oh, the signs, signs. Oh, and held it over his yeah. head because he lost his voice and was also sick, right? Wasn't no, I don't think was he it? lost his voice. I think he was. But why didn't he talk? Because I think he was trying to av- avoid. He was taking COVID very seriously. And so he didn't want to be with the other people. So he just stood on the side. My theory on that was that he didn't want to get mic'd up by production because oh, then he would have right, to right. come in contact with people. Yeah, why couldn't Zach hold up big poster boards like, Katie, <laughs> I like your dress. Imagine he had to do it though for every single woman. That would be a little intense. <laughs> He's like, my hand is tired, guys. I have COVID. Leave me alone. But yeah, instead of that, we got Katie sitting outside of Zach's door and I- I was personally offended by this because I'm like, guys, this is prime time TV. Big advertisers are paying big money to run throughout The Bachelor airing during this time period. And we're watching a girl talk to a guy through a wall. Like, certainly they could have, like, opened up the door and had Zach, like, on the opposite, I don't know, something. It was like... It's like when Joey's in the box on Friends and they come up to I him and he sticks his little... I was waiting to make that reference. I'm really? surprised it's taken this long to do so. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, yeah. Well, should we just tell them? Fun fact, guys. This is our second time recording this recap. So I didn't make that reference the first time around, but uh, yeah. But even like when around. the show was airing, I was expecting... Did you make a meme about it with I Joey did... in the box? I didn't do Joey in the box, but I did London, baby. Just a tweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But everyone did that. But yes, no, I think Zach should have been in the box and stuck his little (laughs) finger out and everyone came would come over and like pet the box and see if, you know, how he's doing. Um, Unfortunately, we didn't get that. We got flashback footage of Katie's date with Zach from two episodes ago. Like, we get it, ABC. You need to fill this, but do better. To me, it's kind of obvious that Katie is a front runner, right? Like she's definitely going to make the final four, maybe even the top two. I don't know if you guys are spoiler free, but I am spoiler free. So I don't know. To me, it reminded me a lot of like, just kind of the character arc of it all. Like, Oh, look at how far they've come. And, and they, they're halfway through and this is a really good front runner. And then you get the mid season trailer where you see she is having like these, breakdowns and something bad happens between Katie and Zach, or at least that's what it it seems like from the trailer. I know they like to misdirect, but to me, I guess because yes, they had to fill and they put all this extra stuff of Katie in there. It's like setting us up for this big disappointment with her. At least that's how I'm thinking it could potentially go. I think you could be onto something. I also am unspoiled. So who's your top four right now? I would say Gabby and Katie are my top two. I think Charity will be in there. And I probably Catherine, just because I feel like everybody else, it might be a little late. I know that there have been, you know, contestants in the past who get one-on-one dates late, but I don't see Jess. I don't see Brooklyn, maybe Ariel, but I just feel like he does have a strong connection with Catherine. Yeah. I think mine's very similar to yours, except sub out Gabby for Ariel. I do think she's going to be, I don't know, just coming out of the woodwork in strong, like one of those late one-on-one dates where you are like pleasantly surprised. You're like, Oh, didn't see that one coming. I don't right. know. Um, so what, so who's that? Ariel, Kat, Katie, and Charity. Yeah, those are my top four as of right now. So back to the episode, we find out later that Zach does in fact have COVID and it's not just like a little sniffle. So the girls start 
taking things a little bit more seriously and their anger kind of shifts to concern a little bit more that they're not being stood up that their man is actually sick. I tweeted earlier in the episode, like, oh, he FaceTimed Sean. Why can't he just FaceTime the girls? But like, I wasn't serious, Mike Fleiss. And then you you pull out all like the Zoom equipment and it just gave me flashbacks to 2020. And I didn't want to see that. I thought it was the most cringeworthy rose ceremony in Bachelor history. And then the one-on-one portions prior were almost worse somehow. Especially Greer's, which we could hop right into, because I think that's like the hot button Yeah, topic. that was the cringiest one. So let's get into that one. I just feel for you. Like, um, I, I'm, I work in sales. And so last time, like, I had COVID, it was at the end of a quarter, like end of the year. And so I kind of like know what it's like to like have a goal that you're trying to reach and you're stuck. I just want to make sure, like, are you feeling like, okay? Yeah, I feel fine. Um, I, I do want to throw... <laughs> throw out there i think it's completely different at least my perspective from um me being frustrated on finding my future wife versus uh end of sales uh close order because that's what i i do too like I yeah um i put a lot of weight on this week and it is frustrating yeah no for sure i don't mean to like you know under like the little what you're feeling by comparing it to sales i was just trying to like put myself in your shoes. So that's really my point. And I know you had that intent, but I just had to put it out there. That it yeah. Was like, it's not the same. And like in a few short weeks, like I could be saying it from my person. And that means a lot more to me than like the end of a sales quarter. And I just wanted to like, just. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I know it's more important for you for sure. I'm actually surprised to see on the internet, people seem to be on both sides of this coin whereas i after watching greer's conversation with zach was always very much more on greer's side that i really didn't think that she meant anything malicious or was in even any way trying to belittle what he was feeling i think she was really just so innocently trying to relate and the way that he reacted towards her so aggressively and like brought it up multiple times made me be like, okay, Zach, calm down. It's, like, yeah. not that serious. But a lot of people on the internet are also, like, no, like, I get what Zach's feeling. And I guess I get what he's feeling, but the way he came at her so harshly, I'm like, okay, too much, sir. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you could already tell going into it, Greer was super nervous, right? She got the first impression, Rose, but she hasn't had really any time with him since then. He, she's all spiraled out because of the tea date that she didn't get to go on and so she's coming into this already awkward moment with um a lot of thoughts running through her head right and she's thinking oh I can relate to this because I went through COVID and I was like under a little bit of a pressure situation and I'm with you Jackie I feel like he he really overreacted like I I don't even find it offensive that she said that because I know her intent wasn't to like belittle what he was going through it was just to try to relate to what he was going through and yes things are different and you can you can say that in a way that doesn't feel condescending and I feel like he was and I I've liked Zach thus far I mean everybody will say you know he's pretty boring but I think he's handled conflict like pretty direct which to me was nice because we had such the opposite effect with um, Clayton really not being able to make, you know, decisions in a quick and timely manner. But what really made me the most irritated by it is the fact that he reiterated it again. It's like, okay, we got it the first time. You don't need mm-hmm. to bring it back up to me. It just kind of felt like a twist the knife moment. 
And I'm sure he too didn't mean there was no malicious intent, just as he thought there wasn't malicious intent with her. But I mean, she, she like cried afterwards. So it clearly was not a nice thing to do. Could we also point out um, something I noticed? So I made note of the fact that she said, I work in sales and I was so fixated on that. She goes on to explain the whole thing. Then his reaction was so crazy that that then was what everyone was focused on. But I was so hung up on, I work in sales. This is episode five. He doesn't know what you do. Yeah. I thought that was a little mm. odd that you have to tell him what you do yeah. at week five. That's shocking. Like, there's no way you actually feel like this could be you at this point. So I can understand crying that the conversation went awkward. He, I thought, was really kind of rude in his response. So I get that. But girl, don't even give it the time of day. Like, she seemed so relieved when she got the last rose. Like, why? Because you're in London and you want tea. Not because you actually want this guy's rose. And also, like, you can get tea at the airport on your way home. <laughs> totally. They have tea all over the world, all some over. would say. <laughs> Especially when you look at the two things, like, actually comparing them. Okay, getting COVID before a very important time in your career versus getting COVID in the middle of your reality TV dating journey. It's not even like he got COVID at the very, very and end. Like, this is in the middle. You missed a week and you'll be back and better than ever. I, I actually think like her situation has a bit more actual stakes than a reality TV show, but you know, Zach, whatever. Also to say his is so much more serious than hers implies that like he doesn't see her career seriously, which is kind of yeah. a weird take for him given how well he's been able to communicate with the women. Like you do realize, Zach, like, you are the one in fantasy land. Like, it's not normal to date 30 girls at once and find a fiancé who you've only been around for 72 hours in total. Like, that's actually the weird one. Her being frustrated that she missed time away from work because she wasn't hitting her sales goals, that's actually more relatable yeah. than your situation. So he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I know you got this little sales job over there. I'm trying to find my wife. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, okay. So what's on the docket for next week slash the rest of the season. They finally gave us like a different promo, which I thought, I always think it's exciting when they give us like a more to come on The Bachelor as opposed to just a view into next week. Yeah, and this was the first time that we've seen the final rose ceremony in a in a preview. Up until now, we mm -hmm. haven't seen him like, you know, in his suit in Thailand. And it seems like there's a pretty bad breakup at the end, which always throws a little bit of a curveball when you see the lead like hysterically sobbing. And <sighs> not to mention the past couple of seasons we haven't even had a final row ceremony because with gabby and rachel you know mm -hmm. they got down to only one girl left with clayton it was just Susie. so the last time we actually saw this was michelle and brandon's breakup which was really really intense so mm -hmm. i mean here's to hoping that it's not as emotional as that breakup because i i couldn't handle it brandon crying like still <laughs> i can't handle it when i think about it but i do think we're gonna get a dramatic ending i'm here for it yeah i hope some twists and turns along the way like yeah. i don't know i always love to when the season extends past the end of mm. the season um, like how we had with Gabby and Rachel season with the whole Tino stuff. So we shall see. I'm excited. I'm intrigued. I'm open. My, my heart is open yes. to this journey. <laughs> well, thank you, Morgan, for coming on and helping us recap this episode. Tell our listeners where they can get more Morgan. On Instagram and TikTok, it's Morgan P. Talks, and we do all reality TV. So Bachelor, Bravo shows, you know, Netflix shows, and pop culture. So Kardashians. 
Right now, I'm focusing on Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox, even though I don't really want to. But uh, new episodes of my podcast, Morgan's Pop Talks, also come out every Thursday. So Thursday's just a great day. It's a great day. What a time. <laughs> All right. Well, we will be in touch. Go check out Morgan, guys. And we will talk to you soon, Morgan. Bye. Bye. Okay. So I am finally in my new apartment. And let me tell you, I just had the best night's sleep thanks to my new Etitude sheets. I love them so much. They go with the room perfectly. I have like the burnt red color. I don't know exactly what it's called on the site, but I love how it just like pulls the whole room together. They do have really cute colors. Um, So I don't think you guys understand just how breathable and buttery and soft these sheets are. Plus they are made from the world's first non-toxic bamboo fabric. So they're free from any harmful chemicals and it's better for you and the environment. So it's truly a win-win all around. And now Etitude is offering She's All Batch listeners $25 off their first betting order if you use code She's All Batch for a limited time. Yes, slipping into these light buttery sheets is literally like a shortcut to true beauty sleep. Plus, their clean bamboo sheets have been performance tested against the competitors to be more effective at keeping you at your optimal comfort level and body temperature, which means you experience quality sleep. And yeah, quality sleep like equals all the other good stuff going on in your life. So get your sleep under control with Attitude Sheets. And don't forget, you can get $25 off your bedding purchase for a limited time when you visit attitude.com slash she's all batch. That's E-T-T-I-T-U-D-E dot com slash she's all batch. The Attitude team is so sure you'll love your new sheets. You could try them 30 nights, risk-free guys, and return them if you're not in love. No questions asked. Again, that's attitude.com slash she's all batch. Happy sleeping. Whether you're buying a new car or moving into a different apartment or buying a house, you need to have a healthy credit score to do all of those things. Kickoff can help you take control of your credit so that your score doesn't get in the way of your goals. Kickoff is the easiest way to build credit fast. Whether you have no credit at all or you want to boost your score, Kickoff is the number one credit building app that has helped over a million people take control of their credit. Yeah, I I never had a credit card growing up, so I had no clue how important it actually was to build good credit until I was older and I was looking to make bigger purchases. And at that point, it's like kind of too little too late. But then Kickoff came into my life and it offers plans that start at just $5 a month. And every on-time payment you make with Kickoff is reported to the major credit bureaus. When they see healthy habits, you see a happier credit score. You can even set it to auto pay so you build credit without even thinking about it, which is like genius. Kickoff has also been praised by big time names like Forbes and NerdWallet as a smart way to build credit fast. With a 4.9 out of 5 rating in the app and over 44,000 rave reviews, you can trust Kickoff to help you get ahead. Don't let your credit control you. Go to kickoff.com and start building better credit in less than 5 minutes. Don't put it off. That's kickoff.com, K-I-K-O-F-F.com to take control of your credit right now. Build your credit the easy way right now at kickoff.com. I'm sure you guys have already realized this based on the title of the episode, but this week's guest is the one and only former Bachelor Clayton. And before we get into the interview that we had with him, we just want to issue a trigger warning. Um, A lot of the interview is really upbeat and positive, but there is a moment where we shed light on some of the things that Clayton experienced in regards to excessive harassment, bullying, and, you know, people wishing that he would commit suicide in his dms so trigger warning putting that out there beforehand that we do talk about some pretty heavy topics such as that okay guys this is so exciting today because we have our fifth 
Bachelor lead, Clayton Eckerd, the former Bachelor and author of 180 Degrees. Clayton, thank you for coming on She's All Batch. We usually don't get a former Bachelor this soon. Even my husband this morning was like, wasn't he just the lead? Like, how are you guys already talking to him? I'm like, it's it's weird because like people say I was just the bachelor, but I filmed at this point almost two years ago. So that's, that's what's crazy. crazy to me is, is because of the delay between filming and airing. Um, it, it's, it's like, yes, I was the last bachelor, but it's, it's been almost two years at this point. So it's crazy to me because it feels like forever ago. Yeah. Well, it has been a while now. Uh, I will say that when your season was on, we, we recap the show, obviously, as a part of our whole podcast. And we actually developed a song with your name in it. Jackie, will you sing him the song? Sure. So like before we would recap, we would just be like, it's Clayton's Corner. And that's what we would call the segment because I think you were the first season where we added recapping into our show. And now it's just okay. become like a thing, even though we're recapping seasons where you're not on it, in my mind, it's still Clayton's Corner. That's the segment that we're doing. And actually our, our Google Doc where we put our notes for recap notes, it still says Clayton's Corner. So um. <laughs> Will Could you, you do the honors, please, can you and sing the give song? Give us a little ditty. Can you? You sing want me to Clayton? say it's 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 Clayton's corner? Yes. What? <laughs> oh my gosh! I, I know. Like, uh, what is it like? The old was it reading rainbow? Where like all of a sudden, like the, mm -hmm. the was it the uh, stars or or is it like a the rainbow? More you or, know. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. More you yeah. Know. Yeah, I yeah. feel like I need to have one of those coming over, like some stars shooting across, as I said. And it says Clayton's Corner. We can, we can make that happen. I mean, in okay. post-production, done. Yeah. It's okay, Clayton's I don't have the editing skills, but I think you guys can make it happen. It would turn mm -hmm. out yeah. sweet. Might have to awesome. make that banner on my IG then. Yes, please. I mean, all of our <laughs> listeners will know what this is in reference to because everyone sings as Clayton's Corner. Um, Zach, that's unfortunately. A better, that's a better song than what uh, than the other songs I've seen as of lately come up about me. Which, well, Oh, Which from we season, get from the that, Clayton from, uh, Sucks song. The Clayton Sucks one. Gravity Although now, I mean, yeah, now I think it's funny. Um, I was I was a little sensitive, though, uh, when that first popped up. I was definitely just like, come on, really? Like, I thought this is going to be a new season where I can, like, move on. But, um, yeah, that was that was now I look at it. I just think it's funny. It's a bunch of like it was what 13 year olds to say, singing Clayton Sucks. I was just like, hey, whoever's parents let him them do this, they're going to have to reprimand them. But it, it was, you know what, it wasn't that big of a deal. But I was sensitive when it came out. I definitely was still not healed and I was still bothered by um, all the criticism. Yeah, well, don't sell yourself short. I think it was like pretty uncalled for. I think as viewers, we were kind of like, okay, really? We're going to still be doing this? Um, so I, I don't think you should say you were being sensitive about it because I think it was pretty unnecessary. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I look back at it now and and uh, I don't know, I've just developed a new approach. I think I, I had to tell myself that if I took offense to everything that somebody said, that I would be taking offense for a long while. So um, I just didn't want to be in this headspace of constantly being, you know, negative and, and impacted by all the chatter online because I still get those comments today. People still DM me. I still see, you know, posts that go up and every time I'm referenced, I was you know, I'm, I'm up there with the most boring bachelor or the one that nobody wanted and blah, blah, blah. And it's the same stuff. And I just told myself, you know, you got to just look past all this because this is never going to go away. So I don't know. Now I've, I've taken a new approach now. I'm just like, it is what it is. And it's kind of humorous in itself. Maybe I'm using humor to deflect and, and that's my new approach, but um, it's working for me. So we'll just, we'll keep laughing at it at this point. I mean, that's the, that's a good way to deal with it. But I also would remind you that if people call you a boring bachelor, it's based on the edit that you had zero control over. Like you had no control over the fact that you didn't get screen time on Michelle's season and therefore we didn't get to know you. So 
okay, you're calling me boring based on something that's completely out of my control. Yeah, you know, there's something that I mean, to that, again, this is just all my own speculation, but um, I was in a really very unique situation where I was announced as the bachelor before people had even seen me on TV. Mm -hmm. And so they were going into a season with Michelle, her season of the bachelorette, and I already picked bachelor. And if I were to speculate, my thought is, is that they didn't want it to be the focus did not want to be thrown on me because it was her season. And so there was this balancing act of how can we show the new bachelor without like overdoing it where we take away from Michelle's shine, like it's her season, right? So like, this is her time to shine. This is her time to find love. My opinion on that is like, that's kind of what happened was it was like, how much can we show this kid without, you know, taking away from her? Because that was a very, I mean, that's something that doesn't often happen. Normally they have like the season airs and then people start to say, I want this person for the Bachelor Bachelorette. They picked me though already ahead of time. So it made it kind of like this balancing act from what I thought was, you know, understandable. I I, I mean, I would have loved to have been shown more, but at what cost do you take away from Michelle and the other men that were on that season by highlighting me? And I think it was just a perfect storm of like, we can't show this kid too much because it'll take away. So we'll show what we can. But what you saw was like, I was in at the first episode or whatever. Then I was jammed in at like the last episode when I left. And I think people felt like they were being force fed. Like, oh, you're just trying to force us to like this guy. You've mm -hmm. shown him twice and we don't like him. Um, and here, and so now this is what we get. Um, so I, I kind of understand that side of it. I, I don't, I wasn't really shocked to, to not see myself on screen more for the Bachelorette. I would have liked to have seen my personality come more through on the bachelor on my own season. But um, I mean, just other things were shown. There was a lot going on. And I, from what I know, there was an extra season or like episode added because there was so much, th so many things happening. So it was uh -oh. like, I there mean, a there's lot only so much you can film in two hours, right? Like, or there's only so much you can show in two hours when I think we, you know, we film 16 hours a day. And then all of a sudden you take five days and compact it into one episode. It's like, they can only show two hours of it. So I, I I'm really like giving them grace because I do feel like it's really hard to try to get all of this in. Um, and I just think that the way my situation played out, it was just kind of really tough to highlight me without taking away from others. I know viewers kind of were upset when you were essentially introduced as the bachelor and then they made you read the mean tweets. Did they give you a heads up about reading those? Yeah, they did. Yeah. They did. They okay. absolutely did. They asked me if I was okay with it. And I, I'm very self-deprecating. So I was like, yeah, um, I didn't like, I didn't know what was going to be shown. Um, but like, then when they showed it, I honestly like thought it was funny. I, I didn't take offense to it. Um, it's interesting though. Like I was cool with it. I was told in advance. Um, so I was like, yeah, I'll laugh this off. But then like the reaction online was, um, I don't know if it was demeaning or minimizing, but it was kind of like, people were just like, Oh, more reasons not to like this guy. And I was like, wait, I thought we're all in on this joke. I thought we're all laughing together, but it was almost like, instead it was online. People were just like, yeah, see, we don't want this dude. It's just so apparent. Like all these things that are being said, we feel this way. And I was like, okay, so wait, we're not all in on the joke together. Um, so that, that was way different as far as a reaction than what I thought. But um, yeah, no, I was, I was, pre I was definitely told like, we don't have to go here, but if okay. you're okay with it, and I've always been self-deprecating. So I was like, yeah, this is funny to me. So, mm -hmm. and then of course, once I read the reaction online, I kind of changed my tune and I started to feel defeated, but 
Um, so many times I thought things people would take something one way and then the audience completely reacted differently. And I was just like, oh, and then I started to kind of feel upset because I was like, well, this is not at all how I thought this was going to go. And now I'm kind of feeling the pain of like the online chatter. So, yeah, but I wasn't, I was fully aware that was coming. Like what were the conversations around them deciding to make you the bachelor? And like, do you know if they were looking at other people at that same time? I feel like a lot of former leads have told us about the process of like, they knew they were talking to two other people and there was all this back and forth. Like, do you know any bit about like, how they were yeah, deciding there were definitely, to be you. There were definitely other people involved. Um, I've, I found that out from the people that were being asked um, after the fact. So some people said, you know, declined it. Um, and there was there was probably three three people, I think, that... Can you tell um, us who? I, I, I'm not going to... I can't say Rodney? that. Rodney? Rodney Brandon. Say, I'm not going to say yeah, 100%. who was, But I will say that, like, conversations were definitely being had. I was not the only one. And, you know, rightfully so. I mean, they anything could change. Public perception could change. I could do something really stupid leading up where all of a sudden they're just like, no, we don't want him. Um, I could back out because I'm just like, this is too much. So of course they have to keep other people um, in the queue. And uh, I don't, I don't know, honestly. I mean, I, I felt like when on Michelle's season, when the kids gave me the letters and I broke down bawling my eyes out. Cause I remember I was reading it like to like, um, I was reading it as if it was like my, there's like the two, the brother sister combo and the brother, like he, he wrote his and it was really funny. Um, and then like, when I read the, the girl's message, uh, I was reading it as if I was like her, her, her um, her dad. Uh, dad. Yeah. Yeah. I'm totally blanking. So like if I was, <laughs> as if I was her father. And so I read it and start just broke down. And I think that they saw that, okay, this is a genuinely good kid that like genuinely wants to find his happiness um and everything that like they had seen that wasn't shown on tv like they had been hanging around me and realized like i had a really good heart and uh and i would say head on my shoulders but uh, that was that was questionable but um but i but i really meant well and i think like they saw that and um i don't know i had a conversation like when when they when we had the discussion of me being a bachelor potentially and uh i'll never forget i just basically said like I was like, okay, like I probably will accept this. And there was a discussion of like, maybe I go, um, you know, uh, on paradise. And I said, guys, I said, I'm not waiting that long. I guarantee you, I'm going to go back home and I'll, and I'm going to find somebody I'm moving out to Scottsdale. I'm ready to settle down. And I don't know if that put the pressure on them of it. Like it was now or never, but I genuinely was so happy at that point after that experience that I was like, I'm ready to go out and date. Um, I'm not hanging around waiting. Whoa. And so I don't know if like that put pressure at all, at all, but like it was, it was the truth. I wasn't, it wasn't a threat. It wasn't like, it was just, I was like, Hey guys, I'm not probably going to wait around until summer. Um, I'm ready to settle down. Like I'm in the great, the, the right headspace. So that was just coming from my own, like from my heart. And I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I also don't know who else though said no, or um, who, who maybe like, you know, what was happening with the other people that were being interviewed. I was just reacting the way I was reacting. Mm-hmm. And we talk a little bit about your experience on your season. I feel like we've talked now about like leading up to it. Um, I think the biggest thing, at least the biggest question for me as a viewer is the whole situation with the fantasy suites that kind of led to, I think like was like the climax of the season and kind of everything blowing up. Can you talk a little bit about what the conversations were like for you leading up to the fantasy suites. Cause obviously it was clear to the viewer, not to you, how Susie felt about the situation. And so then obviously it was clear to us also why then they put her 
last so that she was not able to communicate to you how she felt before you met with the other two women. What was your perspective going into it? And what were the conversations you were having going into those three different dates? Yeah, my biggest um, error that I made amongst many, but uh, I was assuming. So uh, I was not somebody that really watched the show ever. I'd known about it because my mom was a massive uh, fan. So I had always grown up with it in the background playing at my house. Um, But when I... So when I became the bachelor, I, I I felt that I knew probably the least of anybody else that was there. So uh, as I started to make sense of what all was happening, uh, I developed this assumption of like, everybody knows how things go here. Uh, I figured it out. And I'm like the last person, like I know the least about the show because I don't watch it. But I found that like many of these women do watch it and like they're avid fans. And so I was like, okay. Um, well, this is how things go from what I found out. So like, if there's a problem, somebody will bring it up to me and talk to me about it. And that was the wrong assumption. I just like, there were so many times where like, and we're, I was busy constantly, like with talking about other things going, doing, you know, um, like filming in other areas. I mean, again, we were like filming 16 hours a day some days. And so, or at least it felt like that. So, um, I didn't have a lot of downtime to sit and reflect and like, look ahead. Uh, sometimes I would, and I had a journal and I'd write in the journal, Um, but like things were moving so quickly. And one of the assumptions I just made was like, I'm talking to everybody and at face value, everyone seems to be happy. And like, if we are have, if there's an issue, someone will come and talk to me. Um, and if there's not, then like, we'll proceed as normal. So, uh, that's the way that I went about it. And I just assumed that like all of four of us at that point were on the same page. And then obviously I found out that like, um, we, we weren't at all. And it wasn't just like that Susie wasn't on the same page. It's like, when I told the other women about my expressing feelings of love, like they were distraught and I was shocked. Cause I thought, okay, like I thought you guys all knew this was a possibility, but of course, like nobody actually thinks that like the lead is going to fall in love with multiple people, right? Like most people don't think you can fall for that many people at one time. And I fought it and fought it and fought it all season. I remember like being like, I'm not going to fall for multiple people. That sounds like a train wreck. And so I was fighting and I kept saying that I was like, no, no, not falling, not falling, not falling. And then I just finally like let go and I started feeling this rush of emotions. And I was like, well, I feel pretty similar to that person and that person and that person. And it feels like love. So it must be. Um, And then I remember like I was, I'll never forget. I like broke down laughing, but it was like a crazy laugh because I was like, I'm in love with multiple people. And I started like the first time it hit me and I was, it was like a nervous laugh, but I was laughing and I was like, oh my gosh, dude, you're losing your mind. And then I started, you know, then later I started crying and I was like all over the board but um, yeah, it was just a rush of emotions and and uh, I didn't know how to combat it or, or how to really feel those emotions. And so I was just acting without really reacting. I was just like, here, I'm just going to do this, 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 and this. And then by the time that like it all came up as like, we're not okay with this, I had already taken all these actions. So, um, you know, I kind of walked myself into a trap. And, uh, and then at that point, it was damage control. I was just like, how can I, you know, how can I get make help these women feel seen and heard? But I'd already not asked the questions. I hadn't sat down and pulled them aside. And so it was like, you've already done the damage, man. Like there's not much you can do to repair to this point besides apologize. Do you think Susie going, having the third fantasy suite date was strategic by production? Um, you know, there, there was a podcast that I did on Caitlin Bristow's, um, where like they did allow me to say that she was placed third. Like that was the way the order was set up. Um, 
you know, I did, well, I mean, magically set up. Here, Clayton. <laughs> yeah. So you okay. don't, we, could, we don't have to answer that if you're uncomfortable. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just one of those things where like, I honestly didn't have the foresight to know, um, you know, there were times where like, I, I probably should have stood my ground on certain things, but I just was, I was just in a situation where, um, I didn't see, I didn't see the tr the, the trouble coming. I didn't see, I wasn't five, three steps ahead. And I think as the lead, you know, you really have to be when you're balancing multiple relationships. I mean, we all know one relationship's hard enough to, to make work. So I think as the lead, you really have to have this, this, um, foresight to, to look ahead and to be like, how can I balance all of these? And like, what does each person person need? Um, but it's tough too, because like at that point, you know, that was like fancy suites. That was like a, week, a month and a half, um, into the process and you still have limited interaction with individuals. So you don't really know their love languages. You don't know, um, how they feel about these situations. You don't get a ton of time with them. So like a lot of times you are making left making assumptions because, that's all you have. You really, all you have is, are these assumptions you could hold on to. Cause I mean, if I, we could pull each other aside and talk for hours and hours and hours, um, you know, that would be great, but, uh, it just doesn't work that way. I think to the viewer, it looked like had, cause they know they see Susie's confessionals. So if Susie went first, she expressed her feelings to you. You're like, okay, I'm going to probably choose you. So I'm going to just listen to hear your thoughts and respect them. Um, then you, you know, let go of Rachel and Gabby, you you get engaged to Susie and it's a happy ending. And it's almost to the viewer, it looked like, well, duh, this show knew how she felt. You kind of set it up to fail. That's how it looks like. From yeah. The outside, and I've least. had the thought, I've had the what if, if like she would have went first, how much different things would have been. Um, But like the what if game will tear you to shreds. And I definitely went through that. And I was like, why couldn't she have just went first? Like it would have saved so much heartache it would have saved so much trauma that i've went through like and everybody else it would have it would have saved us all um but you know what like i've honestly come to the place of finding the silver lining of my experience was meant to be the way that it was if i would have had a happy ending you know going heading off into the sunset um you know walking hand in hand with susie after like the first she'd been first overnight and we would have got engaged and that would have been it then I wouldn't have written my my book. I wouldn't be so pub open about mental health and using my platform to help others because I wouldn't have felt traumatized enough to like open up and share my struggles. I would have been like, oh, I'm happy. And so I probably would have just spent my time on social media posting our our relationship and doing those TikToks and, you know, and just having fun. Um, and so that's where I look at it like it was for a greater good. And I'm I'm religious. So I I looked at it like I was supposed to be that Clayton in that moment in order to to do what I did to get to where I am today. And so I genuinely am grateful that um, I'm using my platform for what I think is a very important topic to discuss in mental health. Uh, and so I don't really have any regrets and I don't have any hatred or, or anger that the order wasn't the way that I wanted it to be. It was what it was. And it, and it helped me grow up. Like there were a lot of insecurities I had that wouldn't have surfaced had I not been put in that situation. So um, I look at it like growth of character, uh, something that I can't, um, that take, that took, I had five years of growth and, and like two months. And so, uh, and I'm still growing. And so for me, it, it was this catalyst for change that I needed. So long winded answer to say, like, I don't look at the flip of flipping script of the order. Sure. Like people wanted to probably that wanted to see a love story. It would have been great. Like if, you know, if, if it would have been flipped maybe Susie and I would still be together today. Who knows though? I mean, her and I have had that discussion. We're in, on good terms. Like we're friends, we're happy. Like we're, we're very supportive. Um, 
And, you know, I, I look at it like ultimately healing has happened and, and maturity has occurred in different realms. And like, I think we all learned something important from it. So uh, I, I don't really care about the switch of the order. It, it, it's it's the cards I was dealt. And I think it was the, the path I was meant to traverse. Did that initially, did that carry on? Because then you broke up with Susie on TV. That was kind of a controversial scene, I suppose. Did that scene and what your actions carry on into your relationship and maybe eventually lead to the end or were there just other issues that weren't working with Susie? Well, there was, I mean, of course it's, there was so much trauma attached to the show. Um, and, and it's hard, especially when you like have to relive it as well. So you go through the experience and then you have to watch it back. Right. So it's like, okay, four months later, now we got to watch everything back that unfolded and it just opens the wounds again. And so, um you know we we knew it was coming but it's still really tough to like go through experience that was so um tumultuous to go through it twice um and then not only that but like then you have to answer to all of the think pieces and and do all these interviews and such so it's like now you have to like answer to all the opinions that come with it um and and then you have to yeah answer to like what was shown right and so there's mm -hmm. there's a whole side of things that aren't there um that you know maybe would change the narrative i mean overall again like i get it they got to get the gist of what happened um but like there's a lot that you're just like i wish i could say like show all of what happened but like again we don't have enough time in the episode to do that so i get that so um you know it was tough to like walk through that and it's really it's really hard too when like you have everybody rooting against you and the thing that really frustrated me was um the fans like did more destruction than than good many of them um in in our dms like they were you know ripping her to shreds in her dms um ripping me to shreds in my dms some people were siding with me some people were siding with her and so there's all this commotion and chaos and just conversation happening and it's tearing us down individually and then you're trying to get like to f form a relationship and heal together but you're both carrying your own individual trauma you know, like, I mean, Susie was getting comments like that. She was a scapegoat um, for me that like, oh, like he didn't learn his lesson and people were attacking her character, like saying she's so not like getting back with you. Yeah. They were saying like, you're not a real woman. Like you don't like people were like God. you, like you couldn't, you have no like strong morals. If you did, you wouldn't have went back to him. Like I saw these comments and like online and it just infuriated me. But how do you think like, of course, that's going to affect someone's mental. And then on the flip side, like you know, I'm getting this like, kill yourself. You're not good enough. Like you don't deserve to be like to find love. Um, you're a terrible human being. And so these narratives, like we both started to listen to um, and it started to impact us. And it's just like, I think we ultimately got to a place where we felt we could not heal together because it was so much like we were one, one day I'd be okay. She'd be hurting the next day. She'd be hurting. I'm okay. And it was just constant trauma and constant stress. And it was like, we are just being destroyed. I mean, there were days where neither of us wanted to get out of bed. Like we would lay there for hours because the second we had to get up, we would have to like answer our, look at our messages and have to answer to people online. And so we didn't even want to like get up and go about our days. I would hide in my room here in Scottsdale. Like I would go to the gym and then run back here and sit in my room because I was just like, as long as I'm here, nobody can judge me. Nobody can. But if I go out in public, everyone that looks at me, you know, all these comments I'm seeing online, these people are probably thinking these thoughts. And so I had so much social anxiety and it's just like, I could not live my life because I felt 
like all eyes were on me and I felt like everybody had a judgment to cast. When you have that in your head and you have someone else going through the same thing, it's really hard to try to be supportive when like you can't even support yourself. And we ultimately got to a place we were like, I think it's better if like we just heal alone because it's just too hard to try to heal together right now. And yeah, it was a lot. That breaks my heart hearing all of that. Yeah. I think the people that are sending like suicidal messages obviously have a lot more going on in their own head that like, it just makes me sick to my stomach that people think that like that type of behavior. I'm sorry that you went through that. No, it's just, it's tough. I feel so bad. Yeah, no, I mean, it's tough. Like I, I know now that like those were projections of, of others insecurities. Like a lot of times ain't hurt people, hurt people. Right. And, yeah. and I truthfully believe that like that anger that's coming from these individuals, it's stemming from something that I probably remind them of. And I found that out. I was like, you don't hate me. You hate what I remind right. you of. That's what it is. Cause you don't know me. Yeah. You really don't. And, right, and yeah. people like that watch the show, you, you don't know who I truthfully am. If you follow me on social media now, you got a pretty good idea of who I am because like, I am just showcasing everything that I'm about, but um, you know, even still like on social media, we still hide certain things. Right. So it's not the full picture of me, but I had, to, I came to that conclusion and I had people actually that reached out and they said, um, you know, they followed up with me after they had like a negative message three months prior. They're like, I'm so sorry. I was projecting my own insecurities. You remind me of my past bo- an ex-boyfriend. Um, and that's why, like, I, I threw this, this anger at you because you reminded me when I saw this scene of him. And I was like, yeah, I get it. Like, it doesn't make sense why else you would tell me to kill myself after like one scene. Like, I don't, it, ever, don't get it though. Like, can ever. people just not do that? Like, to me, that's insane to be like, go kill yourself. Oops, sorry, my bad. I was thinking about. It's just like maybe just don't. Well, do also that. too, I think a lot of people feel think that like I'm not going to see it. So so often yeah. I would respond and they'd be like, oh my gosh. I didn't actually think you were going to respond. I didn't mean this. And I was like, well, then why did you? And I, for me, my thought is like, why did you send it to me? But my thought is, is that it's just an outlet for them to just like, let me just get this out there and release Mm -hmm. it out. And it feels good if I direct it at something as opposed to just like saying it's like, we always want to direct our anger. It kind of just makes us feel better if we direct it at something. So we can say like, that's what I'm mad at as opposed to just being, I'm I'm angry. It's like, so I think people were just like, let me direct it at this kid. He's not going to see it anyways, but I saw all of it. And that was the problem. And then they're like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't think you were going to actually see it. I was like, the damage is done. I've already read your message. And maybe check them because I was searching for an understanding. Like I was trying to figure out if there were, was some constructive criticism amongst all the negativity, I was like, I wanted to better myself. And I also have always been a people pleaser. So I thought I, I'm going to read all this curiosity is going to get the best of me. My poor mom is the same way. My mom read every comment that I read. Like she's, she's been on every single forum and everything that I read. She's like, I saw that um, because my mom's same thing. People pleaser as well. We, it, it's like in our DNA. Um, you know, for me, I know why it stems from my childhood and feeling um, my perception of, of feeling neglected by my, my peers. And, 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 and I, so I, it kind of carried that with me trying to always impress individuals. And I've opened up about that online, but um, yeah, it's, it's, it was just, uh, I couldn't help it. Like I was just trying to figure out how can I fix what I've done? And so I was reading every single thing. Hearing all of this obviously like breaks my heart hearing that you went through this. And it also makes me feel really icky, like watching the show and participating in like this bigger machine that kind of made you feel this way as someone who's now been through this whole process and was the lead like what do you think the show can do to like 
make this not happen. Cause to me, this is like unacceptable that someone can go on the show and, and get these kind of responses. And I think the show's not doing enough to stop it. I don't know. I obviously they can't control people, but I'm just like, this is not okay. They can't control people. And the thing is, is like, you know, I read everything that everyone said online. Everyone claims they want something, but there are metrics to show what this, what like people actually want to see. And when there's metrics showing that when the villains in the house, that the, the ratings are spiking. And then when the second they're gone they're they take a massive dip. And when there's maximum drama, the ratings spike. I mean, I saw that I, I looked at the Nielsen ratings of my, uh, my finale, like the last two episodes, it was like a million more people tuned in or whatever, mm-hmm. because they knew the drama was coming. And so when people say we don't want this, then okay, <laughs> they do. It's it's like they they say that, but like the majority does want it. And so the show is just giving people what they want. And here a perfect example is right now Zach season's going, and as far I haven't really watched it, but I've I've, I've kind of like paid attention and like like read some stuff online. Apparently it's a love story with not much drama. And what are you getting? People online like this is boring. We want drama. It's like you'll never be pleased. Like you guys, this is the thing. They give you what you say you want, and then all of a sudden you don't want it now. And apparently his the the seasons of the, the ratings have dipped even more this season, but they've been dipping for the last few years. But um, it's just like no matter what they do, they give people what they want, and it doesn't pan out. And, and so. I, I, for me, I'm like, I get it. Like the show is like, we'll give you what you want sometimes, but we know it's not what you really want. We know what you want. We've been doing this for 20 years and we know what works. Should they be able to switch some things up? Yeah. I think like at this point, the show is becoming very predictable, but um, so they could benefit from doing, trying some new stuff. But yeah, I, I, uh, I, I at the same time, I, I think what people say they want, Sometimes it's the it's the vocal minority that 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 makes it seem like it's the majority, but the majority of people um, there's metrics to back up what people actually want versus what people say they want. Yeah, I want to piggyback on um, Jackie's questions from just before. Is there anything that the show could do? Did the show offer any type of help to you and Susie as you're saying you're going through trauma and couldn't get out of bed? I know that they sometimes offer mental health services. Did you get to utilize any of that? Yeah, no, they um, set us up with therapists, uh, never um, questioned how many you know sessions we went to. Uh, we did individual, indiv- I did individual, then we did group, uh, couples therapy. Um, you know, we really, and and they support us. They, they, they were there for it. They set us up with it. Um, they never questioned how many we did or said, this is, you've, you've cut, you know, you've crossed your limit uh, of, of number of like sessions. Um, they, they definitely gave that support. So I think it's really, it's a, it's an interesting thing because I've seen online that like, oh, the show does nothing for people. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, there's a lot that that a lead goes through, um, but it's, I found myself just wanting to blame that the show for everything bad that happened, but take credit for all the good. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of good that's come from this. And I realized that like, that's where uh, it's, it's, I can't just tear down the show and say, you just effed everything up and screwed my life up because there's been a lot of good that's come from this that wouldn't have come had I not been uh, the lead in the first place. And, and you know, there's it's like, could things have went differently? Sure, they could have. But I just happened to be the guy that did what I did. And um, for people that like drama, they were like, this is my season. Like, I'm going to. And so now you get now you have a season now that's a little bit more calm and not quite the same. It's quite the contrast with Zach's. And so um, at the end of the day, like the show does provide resources. Um 
but the show also has a job and it's to create entertaining TV. Uh, and if they were always asking the lead, is this okay if we show this, this, and this? Well, what do you think the, that's going to happen? The leads would say, I don't want you to show that. I don't want you to show this. And so all the juicy stuff that you know would probably not ever make the air, you'd have a less interesting season. So again, I think that's where like the show has to do their job. Um, and it's why they've been successful for 20 plus years. So, uh, but I'm not going to sit here and say they don't provide resources. Cause I right. was, I was given anything that I asked for truthfully, like after the fact they provided. So, uh, I was very mm -hmm. thankful for that. I'm glad you got those resources, but also like, I feel like they, they help, but also caused the problem because I remember we talked about it on the show. They made the announcement right before Rachel and Gabby's season that they don't, they won't condone bullying on their social media pages. And then literally like the pre premiere for Gabby and Rachel season happened. And that's when like the Clayton suck song came out. And there was a lot of focus on you that episode. And I took issue with how do you in the same week, say, we do not condone bullying. We'll delete any message that comes in that's bullying and then allow bullying on national TV. Yeah, yeah, I didn't see all those that message. But um, I think, again, like the show plays off of emotions. Like that's how you get people emotionally invested. They want to be emotionally invested in their leads. If they're not, then they have no reason to watch. That was the big, you know, detractor for me was like, we don't have anything about, we don't know anything about this guy. Why would I get tied into his love story when I don't have any emotional tie to him? Um, and so there's also this thing, a uh, factor of like, you have to get people attached to the leads. And so you either, you get them emotionally attached and either through, cause you love them or they get people emotionally attached through wanting to hate and root against them. Um, and that's kind of what happened for like my season and not to say like, I wasn't doing things to get, make people upset, but like, that was kind of what I saw was people, it was like a, a hate, you know, a love hate relationship. Like I love to hate this guy. Um, and this is why I'm tuning in. I want to see his downfall. I want to see these women rise above. And I think that's where like it, after what I had done, naturally everybody was like, well, we want to support Gabby and Rachel and see them, um, you know, succeed after everything they've been through. And I get that. So I think it was just a matter of let's play into this narrative. Like let's continue to like, bring them up, lift them up and, and remind people of like that we want to see them succeed. And so I was tied to that story. So, I mean, while you would say like, let's just cut it here and start fresh mm -hmm. to just cut and start fresh would, would be taking away from a large part of their, of their story. Right. And I think that's where like, there was the bridge, right. There was the bridge from the end of my season to the first episode. And it was like, this is why we're here. Um, this is what we went through. Yeah, I mean, they could have probably went without like the singing and all that and a couple comments, but like that was the bridge. And then from that point forward, I mean, from what I remember, I don't think there was like anything brought up about me for the rest of the season. It was like, no, I don't think there one. was. Yeah, it was like episode one. We did the bridge. Yeah. Boom. It's like, that's it. And there was no more chatter about me. Um, so I get it. Like you have to tie these stories together. That's the way the, the show works. The bachelorette to bachelor. Someone gets picked usually from the previous season. We got to tie them in, you know, how, how did they get here? What happened? And so the show's just storytelling. Like that's, that's what they're doing. And I get it. You can't just basically rip out 50 pages at the beginning of the book and say, okay, start reading right here. People are like, well, what happened prior? So I, I get it. They had to fill that, um, and, and tell the story. I guess. I mean, I think obviously you can support Gabby and Rachel while still acknowledging that like this is a TV show and you're not a bad person for, you know, being in that environment. I think that's the biggest thing. And you hit the nail on the head with um, it being a like a very loud minority of people that need to realize like 
you can like the drama and watch the drama, but it's a TV show at the end of the day and you don't need to like literally message a person. I mean, it's it's really not scripted. And I, I know like people might, oh, here he goes. He's just trying to mm-hmm. protect the show. But like, it's the truth. I legitimately, it's not scripted. I mean, everything, all those feelings were real. Like, I mean, nobody, I can't fake emotions. Like, apparently some people can, I found out, but like, I can't, I can't fake tears i can't fake anger nor would i fake anger like why would i like put myself out put myself out there and look bad on purpose like um those were all genuine emotions uh that came up like are you know are some things maybe like did some maybe has did somebody decide they wanted to do something because um they wanted to get more tv time and they thought hey if i do this um you know I'll, this could be my character and i i might you know i might end up like assuming this role and it might benefit me um yeah like absolutely there's people that go on the show and they decide to assume roles uh of like oh if i'm the villain i'll go ahead and be the villain and let's see where this takes me because we all know this. Not everybody goes on the show for love. Most people are going on for opportunities. Um, Such shocking. Oh right. my and, but God. Like, there are people that go on that are open-minded, like including myself that are like, Hey, will I find love? I don't know. Like what are the chances they find someone amongst 30 people? Like that's a pretty small number, but like, I'll keep an open mind. Maybe I will. Um, and so there's people that go on with that mindset of like, I'll keep an open mind to this. Um, you know, and why not? I'll go. It's, it's a unique experience. Um, it's something that I can look back on later in life and be like, yeah, I did this. And so I think there's a camp of individuals that go in that regard that they're like, yeah, I I don't know if I'll fall in love, but like, I'll give it a shot. I'm open-minded, but of course there's other people that are like, I'm here to be the villain or I'm here to play this role. And I'm going to make it like, everyone can put on their best face for two months on camera and portray themselves as something that they aren't. And that's what I found, found now is a lot of people I see, some people are as as advertised. Other people are not what people think they are. Like, and I'm not going to get into that. But there are a lot of people that I know. Act, I'm like, hmm, you're yeah. There are a lot of people that act specific. a certain way, and like they know how to present themselves on camera. Um, and they're not what people think they are. But that's just the way it goes. Like everyone, people know how to manipulate. People know how to play the game, and um, and you get that. I would kick myself if I had the opportunity to talk to you and didn't ask you about this one real life story that has blown my mind in the in the past. We call the story fake Clayton. Um, there was a scandal and yeah. it just was yeah. like, we covered it. We followed that story very closely. Our listeners very much know the story because we covered it. Um, the girl that claims that she slept with you. And we're like, is it like three dogs in a trench coat? Like, how did she get someone completely wrong? You spoke to her in real life because you got her to, like, she apologized and everything. Can you tell us like what happened behind the scenes of flake, flake, fake Clayton? Yeah. So this is funny. I, I don't, I've only shared this privately because I, at first I was like, I don't know how people will take this, but um, it's, it's not as stigmatized as it used to be. So uh, actually I, um, that night I was sitting by myself. I had just taken an edible. So I was like, I had had an edible. I, I ate some, I had some pizza. Of course, everyone knows I love pizza. So mm-hmm. I ordered some pizza. I had the TV turned on. And then all of a sudden I'm like just scrolling on social media and I see like this video pop up and it's this girl and she's like, I was just with this former bachelor um, and we hooked up and apparently he's with somebody. And I look at it. I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm like, who, who? And I'm like, you know, I'm like, I'm totally captivated. (laughs) And they're like, and all of a sudden they're like, where is she from? And people like, she's in New York. And I was like, oh my gosh, Matt James is in New York. I was like, no, like Matt, he's such a good dude. There's no way like that. He did this. 
And so I'm like in it. I'm like with everybody else. I'm just like, <laughs> I was like, who is it? I was like, I think Peter, Peter Weber was in New York at some point, one point two. And I was like, is it Peter? Like, and so I'm there with everybody else. I'm scrolling and I'm just like, my mind is racing. I'm like, who is it? And I'm just refreshing. And then all of a sudden they're like, give us the tea to sis. Who is it? And then she said, it's Clayton. And I remember I was like, I was at that point, the edible was pretty powerful. So I was like wiping my eyes. I was like, no, like, am I, am I actually seeing this? Is this my <laughs> real name? Or is like, am, or, or is the weed kicking in too much? And I'm like Ooh. thinking that this is my name. So I thought I was like projecting my name onto the screen. And so I was like, no, this is, this is not true. And then all of a sudden I started getting added. It was just like, ding, 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 Clayton, 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 Clayton. Then I started getting text messages and I was like, oh my gosh, this is actually happening. Like I'm not, I'm not imagining this. This is legitimately happening right now. So I panicked, of course, because I'm like sitting here and I was like, how she's, and then all, <laughs> and then all of a sudden she's, she's like, oh, this happened last night. I was like, I was at the gym last night. Like I I'm in, I'm in Scottsdale. Like I'm not in New York. And so I'm trying to make sense of this. Well, then it hits me that I'm like, this girl's just lying. She's just flat out lying. Um, because I, I, at first I thought like she was confused and then I'm like, no, she legitimately is just lying. Like she's just choosing me. Um, I don't know. I was like, I was like, she probably looked at my Instagram. So I didn't post anything the night thing the night before come to find out this girl had done this before to an NFL athlete. Apparently she had like done this whole spiel before, um, yeah. and, like and accused an NFL athlete of cheating. He never did, but it gained her a bunch of followers and, and sure enough, she gained like 5,000 followers from this whole experience. Mm -hmm. And I was trying to get her account banned. Cause I was like, the only way you're going to learn is if you, if you get your account banned, cause you clearly only care about clout and, and followers. So like, let's teach you a good lesson of getting your account banned. <laughs> it didn't happen unfortunately i was like that's all i want from it but um it was very yeah i was like panicking and so i i thank the lord i i and within my thoughts as i'm digging deep in my head of like how do i show people that i was not in new york and then i was like oh my gosh location services like i remembered i saw some video way back when i was like location services go on your phone and it'll show you where you were at and so i i went on my phone sure enough like 8 30 p.m i'd hit the gym in, in scottsdale so I was like, oh my gosh, like, thankfully I had the receipts because otherwise people would have just piled on and it would have been like one more thing. People were like, see, we knew this guy sucked and here's further proof that he sucks. Um, and so I, I posted that out there. She tried to double down and say, yeah. um, she was like, no, he was here at one And then at that point she started making herself not look too, too intelligent. Cause I was like, do the math. Okay. It takes four hours, like a four hour flight or longer, four and a half hours to get there. Plus the time zone changes of like two hours at that, at that point. So I was like, that's a six hour time difference. So you said you met me at 1am. If I would have got on a private jet right at 830, so right second, I stepped out of the gym and went there. I wouldn't have gotten there until 230 at the earliest. So I was just like, your story is ridiculous. This is over. Everyone saw that. And that was, that was the end of it. But yeah, that was Good thing I have now, now my location services are absolutely on. And I think I clicked it to where like they're instead of just like doing once a day, I have it where it's like it's tracking me nonstop. Yeah. But again, the like, fact if, that it came up on your for you page is like not something I expected. I assumed like because you're like high scrolling, not thinking anything. And the fact that you were trying to follow the saga, like everyone else trying to figure out who it was. We were trying to figure out who it was. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, shit, it's me. Did I yeah. sleep with this girl and not remember? Like, did when you spoke to her because you spoke to her off. TikTok. Okay. Well, it wasn't that. It's not that I, you just said like, did I, did I know, I, I know I'm kidding. I'm I kidding. know. And I was like, no, I've not, I did not cheat. I've never cheated in any of relationship course. ever in my life. So I was like, I obviously knew the second that came out, it was BS, but, yes. but then I was like, do I know this girl? Like, is, is, is she talking about something from like 
way back when but then i was like yeah no i've never cheated on any of my girlfriends so like i know this is false but like who is this person but who is fake clayton more importantly that's mm-hmm. going around that's pretending what we to were be saying you. we're like that's this man we in new york city running around telling people he's clayton running rampant to, to sleep with girls in college it's listen did i she saw... really sleep with a guy though was there a guy there was a guy there was yeah because there was a video of a guy leaving her i think it was like i think she was in college like her dorm and the they, there was a video there was like he's a video very, very grainy he was a tall yeah. white dude with his back <laughs> yeah. turned and I mean, he, I had a couple, probably 60, 70 pounds on him. You could tell from my stat, like the stature, it wasn't me, but um, it was just like, yeah, I saw that grainy photo and I was like, okay, some random white dude that was tall. I don't even know what his face looks like, but I've heard people say like, Hey, I have a friend that looks very similar to you and people will send over pictures. And uh, I'm like, yeah. So I was like, I guess I can have some doppelgangers out there and I'm sure alcohol was involved that night. So maybe the guy doesn't look like me, but with alcohol, he might've looked like me a little bit. So um, I don't know. I, that whole thing was ridiculous. Um, I don't know. She learned a lesson, which is what was really upsetting. Like she continued to post yeah. and post. And um, it was frustrating because I felt like there's no accountability. Like she should have had her account banned. She should have had some type of repercussion, but instead she gains 5,000 followers and she continues. And that was the end of it. And meanwhile, I have now, on my, you know, if you Google my name, it was like Clayton Acker cheating scandal. So I was like, now you've attached this to my name. So if someone Googles, and and that's the thing that frustrated me too. I was interviewing for jobs. They fell off. They fell off wow. right when all that stuff surfaced. And so I was legitimately considering suing her. I was like, I'm going to sue this girl for, for defamation because now I've lost two, two companies that just went silent, radio silent. Um, and that was right after that came out. And so my thought was, I was like, I'm going to now sue you um, and I was very close. Like I would, legitimately was about to take action to, against her. I just needed like one of the companies to respond back and be like, yeah, it's for this reason. But they they never responded. They just went completely dark. And so lucky, lucky for her, I was going to fully pursue it because I just I'm like, I'm somebody that I just get so frustrated with social media. And I'm like, there's no accountability. It's time that we start to hold people accountable. Um, and so I was trying to, um, guess it just wasn't in the cards though. She, she got off the hook, but barely. You I was, couldn't I, sue her without a company saying that that was the reason. I probably could have. Um, but I, I if I would have had that in writing that, oh, we're not looking to pursue this further because of this cheating scandal, it would have been a direct loss of potential compensation that I could have then mm-hmm. sued her for that amount of whatever they were going to offer me. So, um, yeah, I was very close. Damn. Uh, I never said that out loud, but I, I just hope anyone f- in the future, if they hear this and you consider doing this to somebody, understand that like people will fight back. And like, I was so close because I was just like, she needs to learn her lesson. And, um, and she was threatening me uh, as far as like, if like I have people you know high up in the industry that can tear you down. And I was just like, who are you? Like, what are Ew. you? Yeah. Like she was, it was bad and it frustrated me. And you know what? I say all this to say time has passed. I would never ask anyone to go after her and attack her at this point. It's over. So it's over. Yeah. Let it be. I don't even know her name. Like, honestly, I don't even know how to find her. So. Yeah, it was just stupid. Um, But you know what? I mean, that was immaturity on her part. Uh, I think she she was, she was in college. She's younger. Um, You know, she's, she'll, I'm sure she, if not by now, she'll learn at some point, like, yeah, that probably wasn't the smartest thing, but we all do. We all do dumb stuff. So I'll forgive her. I give her grace. It is what it is. Like, it's just thing of the past. Thank you for that journey, though, because that's literally like at the end of my questions. I'm like, oh, wait, we need to ask about fake Clayton because it's our episode title is will the will will the real fake Clayton please stand up? Because it just like the whole story. Yeah, the whole like full circle moment of like 
the vi video, figuring it out. And now to have this backstory with it, like, oh, just the so icing good. on the cake. I mean, it's yeah. not good that it happened, but like <laughs> you fucking debunked. You know, shut it down. Yeah, debunked. Yeah. yeah not well, everyone gets to do that. No. Um, Adam again, Levine? Location he services wouldn't have wouldn't have been on. I, I would have been in hot water. I mean, it's just sometimes... Uh, again, I'm, I'm religious. I, I looked at it like a little, little sign from above. I was like, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for uh, giving me this, this, the, the phone location services. You just saved me in this instance. Otherwise I would have been, you know, trying to swim upstream. Um, but it's sad that some people don't get that chance to defend themselves. Some people don't have, um, they were just quietly sitting at their house, didn't have anything to prove that they were there at their house. And then they get, you know, pegged, pinned for cheating or whatever it is. And they're like, I have nothing to, to defend this other than my own word. Um, mm -hmm. And people have gotten hit for that in the past. And, and unfortunately they can't defend themselves for me. Luckily um, I had location services. So keep the location services on Guys. if you're ever concerned about potentially being accused of cheating and that PSA. you might to explain yeah. your story. I mean, it's a great lesson for all. And I think a lot of former bachelors started doing it right. I remember people were like, oh shit, location settings, put them on now because everyone <laughs> has a target. So you gave us so much good behind the scenes tea in this interview. What what can we expect to see from this book? Yeah, so uh, the book's out now. Uh, you can go on my Instagram, everything. That's where I, I push everything. So if you click on the link in my Instagram, it's like the first link that pops up and takes you to Amazon. Um, and you can, you can order a copy there. Um, the book is about, yeah, in the title, 180 degrees. So I talk about going from a place of self-doubt when I didn't believe in myself to being able to reorient myself down this path of life, walking down, um, you know, a completely different direction. So what does it take and what did it, what did I do in order to start to create this self-belief? Um, and I talk about these six principles in the book that are integral towards uh, finding self-belief. You have to work on communication, education, preparation, determination, congregation, realization, all the Asians. And I tie in how like each of them plays on the next so as you work on communication, then, then then you can also work on education. And I have those at the beginning because we can all start communicating right now. You can have one more conversation right now. But the stuff at the tail end of the book, realizations, congregation, those things take time. Realizations don't just happen, right? Like you can't expect time to have a realization. Let me sit down. You can educate mm -hmm. yourself. You can have a conversation. But re those realizations take time. Congregation to build a support group. You can't just be like, all right, who wants to be in my group? Like you got to build those relationships. So there's a reason why I have like those certain principles at the beginning, other ones at the end, they each play on each other. And I just walk through my mental health journey from seventh grade on up to now. I share my life story. Uh, I give behind the scenes as far as like my thought process. Um, so I do talk about, of course, the show comes in towards the end. Uh, I give behind the scenes on a couple of my decisions uh, what I thought was happening in those moments. I talk about like the time where Susie and I, where we had that, um, our, our, our disagreement and I lost my cool. Um, I share my inner thoughts. Why did I lose my cool? What was going on in my head? Not that it justifies it, but I, I, I just, I share that. I share um, navigating like the, uh, the, 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 the life of a bachelor in a social media age. Um, so I give people like those, those, and that inside look into like, if you were the bachelor or bachelorette, this is what all happens in somebody's head or can happen. So I kind of put people in my shoes. If you join that journey with me and go and buy the book, you're getting to be placed inside that and see what the lead up is to the show, what happens, um, in the show. And then afterwards, like that transition of a mindset and, and uh, how I was able to transform my, my own mindset. So that's what the book's about. Um, and, and it takes people on that journey. And I think it just really shows who I am for people that are 
interested in my story. Um, I get, I got this a lot. People judge a book by its cover. They look at me and they go, he's six, five. He was the bachelor for medical sales rep, NFL athlete, like briefly. Um, some people say, I can't claim that. So we'll just say D one athlete. Um, and they say, you know, he's got it all figured out. And I'm like, and then he was always you know, good at sports and he was always great with women. And I'm like, a matter of fact, I wasn't like, let me show you my DMS from seventh grade that I have in the book. Let me show you, like, let me describe to you how, how I was. I used to be a tiny little kid that got bullied. So I'm just showing people that like, Hey, this is a perfect example of, you can't just look at somebody and assume you have them figured out because there's so much happening within us that there's so much more to the story than just face value. Um, so there's a lot of, a lot of little tidbits in the book that, as you can tell, I'm very passionate about it. And there's so much that I, I put it. into it. Um, and if people are interested in it, you can you can find the link in my bio on Instagram and uh, it's out now. Cool. 180 degrees on Amazon, all bookstores cross. It's just on Amazon. Um, oh, okay. yeah, it's only through Amazon. So it's not in bookstores. You'd have to order it directly from Amazon. Um, okay. And and yeah, and for every, every copy I sell, 50% of the proceeds would go to a mental health organization. So um, probably- That's the great. I, I haven't said who specifically, but it's probably going to be the AFSP, American Foundation for Suicide Prevention. I've been working with them a little bit, um, but I may also, I've worked with a couple other companies. So whatever it is, I'll just try to take half the proceeds and put a little here, put a little there with people that I've worked with. Um, so if nothing else, if someone buys the book, it's like, hey, it's for a good cause. Um, and hopefully it'll shine a light more on mental health and start to destigmatize those conversations further. I love it. Amazing. This is like, know, guys, go get this book. <laughs> no, you've been honestly so lovely to talk to, and we really appreciate you taking the time this morning. Clayton got up at seven his time, right? You said? Oh, I, I was up earlier. Yeah. I, I mean, you guys oh. are fine. Yeah. I was. He's an early riser. He's I'm an early riser. Yeah. I was ready. I was like, this is perfect. I can <laughs> knock it out first thing in the morning. Amazing. Well, we really appreciate you wanting to take the time and chat with us. And I know our listeners are going to help you out and get this book because I think this is a good read for everyone. Um, can you end us with a Clayton's Corner? Like a, that was Clayton's Corner. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do like the whole spiel here. Okay. Well, this was another incredible episode. Thank you all for joining and you have officially been a part of Clayton's Corner. Now go about Yay! your business and peace <laughs> and happiness and uh, yeah, have a great day, people. Thank you so Thanks. much, Clayton. Awesome, guys. Thank you so much. I appreciate it's it. It's nice good meeting talking to you. Absolutely. you too. Congratulations. Thank you all. Have a good one. Bye. And that is our show. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you are enjoying She's All Batch and liking what you hear, please rate us five stars and write us a nice review. You don't understand how much that means to us. It really goes a long way. Take your grandma's phone, take your aunt's phone, take your babysitter's phone, take your grandpa's phone, and just click a little five star. They won't even know what hit them before they even realize their phone is gone. Um, you'll have given us five stars and it really does help and go a long way. Make sure you follow me at Jackie Maroney underscore. Make sure you follow Stephanie at She's All Batch on all platforms. And I think that's pretty much it. And we will talk to you guys next week. Bye, bitches. Hey guys, I want to tell you about one of my favorite podcasts, one that Stephanie and I have even guested on called Love to See It. It's a smart and progressive, snarky, but affectionate dissection of reality dating shows and what they say about all of us. Culture writers Emma Gray and Claire Fallon recap shows like The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, and beyond. And also, guys, they break down every episode in obsessive detail. And they unpack all the weird messages pop culture sends to us about love, sex, and dating. Listen to Love to See It wherever you get your podcasts.